Uh, but I, I want to share with you um, just for a moment where this kind of uh, was spurred on in my heart, uh, where I feel like God was really speaking and challenging me um, to uh, really to speak about this. So this is a couple of months ago, uh, several people from the church, we went down to Dallas, Texas, and uh, went to a big mega conference and all of these great speakers and you know, you just, you're envious of everyone by the time you leave, that type of thing. You know, I wish I could sing as good as they could. I wish that I could preach and teach as good as they could. But uh, God really spurred my heart and He really challenged me in many different ways. But I can, one specifically that stood out to me was, uh, was the pastor of the church that was actually speaking uh, at the, where the conference was. And he says, if there's any pastors out there, I want, I want to talk to you just for a second, all right? And I'm like, oh boy, what's he going to ask, you know, or whatever. And he says... I want to challenge you. I I, I want to challenge you with this one thing. I I know many of you have things on your heart that God has challenged you and that God has spoken to you about. And he he goes, here's my challenge to you. I want you to preach that sermon when you get back home. I don't want you to wait until the very last Sunday that you're on staff and you know you're going somewhere else, or you know you're getting fired, and it doesn't really matter anyway. He goes, I, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to preach that sermon. Just kidding. All right. Yeah, y'all heard. Okay. I want to lay the groundwork because that, that's, that's where we're going this morning. Something that God has just been wrecking me over. It's something that God has really been challenging me. Um, I wouldn't even say weeks or months. I I would go on probably about a year and a half. I love being authentic with you guys. I think it's important to be authentic with you guys and be up front on on what's going on in my life. I'm no different than better than you are. And I have my struggles and my trials. And I serve the same God that you serve. I'm very much of a visionary, and I'm very much of one who loves to cast vision. I feel like God has given me many different visions for this church and direction. And this last year, it's, it's, it's almost like that vision that, of, of casting ahead. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like of, of where you're going. It's almost like he's been silent a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? And I've been praying through this, and I've been seeking God and fasting over this and saying, God, what, what is this about? Like, this, is, this is not the way you normally speak to me. Have you, have you got in that groove before? And many times in my life, I'm like, God, I, I'm not hearing you the way that I, that I usually hear from you. Like, like what's wrong with me or, or what's wrong with you? And one of the things that God has just really been in placing or impressing on my heart is, Brandon, I've given... You and I've given this church some visions and some dreams to go and do and multiply and, and do all of these great things. But, but God has been very honest with me. Brandon, Brandon, you've got to do a better job of building up the people you already have. God has entrusted to you men and women who love the Lord. And what are you doing to build up the body of Christ in which the people I have entrusted to you. So that's where we're going this morning. This might be uncomfortable for some of you, but my my prayer is, is that God would stir our hearts for affection for Him and Him alone. 
Let's pray together as we get started this morning. Father, we come before you. God, I humble myself before you. God, have your way this morning. God, I pray that your spirit would speak. Spirit, speak to us this morning, God. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Imagine it being your birthday. My birthday's in about a week and a half, by the way. Um, Just throw that out there. I'm going to be 20 times 2. Imagine it it being your birthday. And a huge celebration your friends have, I mean, for you. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean... I mean, there's, there's cake galore. I mean, there's music, there's lights, there's balloons. I mean, the place that you're having the party, I mean, there, there's hundreds of people, and they're all there for you. All right, some of you are like, yeah, no, that's not my personality. Some of them are like, let's do this, all right? It's a me fest, all right? It's all about me. And so, you know, you're getting excited and and people are talking about you before you even get there in a good way, all right, not the way they do sometimes. They're like, man, that guy, he's, or she, man, they're just awesome and they're loving and they're always taking care of people and and all of these good things and and morale is high, the excitement is going on, and then all of a sudden, man, you're, you're, you're about to come into your party, all right, and then you walk in and you start talking to people and they're like, hey, what's up, what's up, kind kind of dismissing that you're even there. And, and as, you, as you hear them still talking, you're, you know, like, you know, this person is so awesome. And, you, and so you go over that crowd. Maybe they'll respond a little bit differently. And you go over there and you're like, hey, hey, what's going on, man? How are you? And then they kind of break up and they start talking to everybody else. And you're trying to wonder and you're trying to figure out, man, this party is for me. It's all about me, the festivities. They're, they're gathering together. Have they forgotten? Have they forgotten? what this is really all about? Have they forgotten why they gather together? They're saying all the right things. They're excited. They're celebrating. Is it feasible to think that Jesus could walk in to this place this place where we just sang worship songs to Him, God Almighty. Is it feasible to think, as we read Scripture, as we pray, is it feasible to think that if Jesus was to walk into this place of worship, this celebration, this party, that is all for Him, is what we say, it's all for Him. Is it feasible to think when His presence were here, we did not even recognize it? We, we hardly even noticed when Jesus was present and His Spirit was working. Is it feasible that we've gotten so good at throwing parties, we've forgotten why we even throw them? Is it feasible to think that we've gotten so good at doing church? Man, it's the right thing to do. Is, is it feasible to think we've gotten so good at doing church? Church, that we have missed Jesus. Matthew chapter 16. Go ahead and turn your Bibles there. We're going to be in verses 13. I'm sorry, 15 through 18. 
And then we're going to skip down to uh, verse 24 through uh, 26. Actually, verse 13 and 14. Sorry, I don't have that part on the screen there. Um, Verse 13 says, "When, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15 But what about you? Jesus asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Verse 24, skip down. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. That's easy, right? Must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow after me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You see, if you were going to get in a conversation, maybe with even people here in this gathering, maybe with people outside Elk City, or, you know, you get my drift, or you get in a conversation, there's going to be many people who will respond, man, Jesus was a great teacher. I mean, the, the teachings of Jesus, I mean, they, they are good, they, they are solid, just like we have some good teachers here, even in this room, that, that teach our kids, and, and they do their best to teach their kids all of these things. But let's be honest, teachers have their limitations, and what they teach us sometimes, we're going to say is irrelevant, all right? Take algebra, okay? I love algebra, okay? Actually, I struggled in math. I mean, struggle's not even a good word, okay? Um, they, they almost made me go back to pre-K when I got to college because I was so bad. And I, just, I mean, I struggled with math. I mean, I, I, got, a, I, got, a, I got someone to help me out. And I mean, I'm, I'm pulling like a C minus, amen? Anybody see any... The world is run by C students. That's what I hear at least, okay? But here's the thing. I struggled with that. And I can bet most of you this morning have not used algebra. Algebra's good. It has its place. But there's limitations of what a teacher can teach us that will be applicable to our lives. Can we agree on that? Some would say Jesus is a good teacher. Some would say that Jesus is an awesome role model. You're like, yeah, I mean, he was sinless. You know what I mean? Come on. Jesus is a great role model. I mean, he served. You wouldn't believe how well Jesus served. I mean, I read scriptures and Jesus was, he was raising people from the dead. I mean, come on, that's a role model, all right? He was feeding the 5,000. He was, he was working amongst the people who nobody wanted to work amongst. He was loving the unlovable. He was doing all of these things. But there's limitations of how far I will follow a role model. 
Once that role model goes off the deep end, uh, he's on his own, I'll find me another role model. Or once I get to a certain age, I mean, those, those kid role models are not cool anymore or not neat anymore, so I'm following somebody else. So someone would say, you know, Jesus is a good teacher. Jesus is a, he's a great role model. But the question that Jesus is asking his disciples and the question that I want to encourage and challenge you is, who is Jesus to you? How do you respond to that question? Because if we respond as, as Simon Peter responded, this is the fire that should feed on every single day in our lives. He is the one you should look forward to serving on Sundays. He is the one you should look forward to serving when you get up to go to work. He is the one you should try to please as you go to school and apply yourself. If Jesus is truly the giver of life, if he is truly the one who redeems, if he is truly the one who restores, if he is truly the, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Messiah, the one who saves, if he is truly that in our lives, our lives should reflect that. But here's where problem lies. I think many of us live our lives having a lot of faith in many things, but not in Christ alone. I think many of us come to church, even one church, looking for something other than Christ. Maybe this morning you're here because you have a need. Maybe this morning you're here because there's a problem going on in your life. Maybe this morning you're here because you're looking for community, you're looking for friendship. Maybe you're looking for a mate. I don't know. Any single, I'm telling you, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know why you're here. But we come searching for so many things, and I'm so thankful that the church can be that place that you come. You have come to the right place, but here is what happens. Here's where I feel like God is wanting to stir our hearts here, specifically at one church for those who come and, and want to be on board with the vision of where God is, is leading us. Many times that is the pinnacle of why we come is the church. And I want to remind you that you are the church and I am the church. The church is making up of broken people saved by grace. So if the pinnacle of what we're looking for is, is when the church lets me down... When the church doesn't like my ideas, when the church doesn't like my visions of where I want to go, when the church does, stops meeting my needs, when the church stops providing for my needs in this area and in this area, here's what happens. We either leave or we get bitter. We either leave and try to find a group of people called the church who will supply all of our needs. But if I read scripture, that's God's place. That he will supply all of our needs. And so we either leave or we get bitter. And when we get bitter, we are giving Satan a foothold in our lives. I'm sharing this because this is so I am so tired of sin wrecking our lives. 
I am so tired of brokenness. I am so tired of hearing stories of all of these things going on. And let me tell you something, I am not exempt from these things. And God has reckoned me and he has, he has shown me that it is all about him and I have been seeking his face. But for us to own the vision of the church, you and I must get serious about Christ. If it's about meeting your need and my need, it will fail every single time. We hope that we can meet that need, but the church is not saying, we want to meet that need, but let let me show you someone who can satisfy you forever. And I think we get so good at doing church when that need is not met. Maybe when we feel like our voice is not heard or that person hurt me. I'm going to go and find that place that will serve me. If these are the things that keep us close to the church, when the church is the end all to you and to me, we will never be satisfied. You will never have your expectations met. You will never, or you will be consistently let down. When Christ is the center, there's still going to be some things we need to work through. It's not going to take away the fact that people will hurt us. There will be disagreements. There will be things and people that disappoint us. When Christ is the center, it allows us to forgive. It allows us to move past. It allows us to get on board with the direction and the vision of the church because when Christ is the center, me doesn't matter. Others matter. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. When we make it anything less than Christ, in due time it will fail. When we make it anything less than Christ, in due time it will fail. You see, we can't sprinkle Christ on what we are doing and expect Christ to be glorified and our lives to be blessed. Many of us will sit here and we'll go through the motions and we'll kind of put up with the songs and the singing and we'll even put up with the sermon as long as it's something that you're struggling with specifically when it's not something that we're struggling with consistently or specifically let's be honest we tune out when we we do we somewhat disconnect and this is not really for me so should have slept in or whatever the situation is when we allow this to happen in our lives we quickly become critics rather than supporters I just want to say, if you're getting any kind of satisfaction from this church in any other way than Christ, I first want just to apologize. And I want us to repent over those things because we come before a holy God who loves us and adores us, and it's so easy to, to, to do church and think that we're doing all of these things, and and we can miss out on the presence of God in our lives. And as a church, collectively, 
So what makes us respond, react this way? How do we stay focused on the things of Christ in our lives? It starts with us answering the question is, who is Christ to you? You see, if we get this wrong, our foundation will be just like the story that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus tells a story in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24, and he, and he talks about, for those who hear my words and they, and they surrender their lives, and when they build the foundation of their lives on Christ, when those people stop meeting your needs... When, when those people might, might say something that hurts you, when, when, when they don't like my ideas or, or the music's not perfect or, or this or that or man, that preacher, he's pretty harsh sometimes or whatever the situation is, when, when that foundation is there, those things don't really matter because it's not really about us. It's about Christ. I need this sermon as much as anybody does. But what happens so many times for some of us, we have built our foundation on the falsehood that it's all just about the the church, but it's about Christ. Christ is the giver of the church, and the church is here to glorify Christ, but the church is not the end all. If the church is the end all for our lives, man, you're going to be so disappointed. Because I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to make you mad. I'm going to probably tick you off one time or another. And these things are going to take place. And as soon as we get to the point, if it's all about the church, if it's all about me, you're nothing more going to do is you're just going to walk out and try to find another place. And the satisfaction will never take place in our lives. For most of us in this room, I believe you have a firm foundation. I do. I believe you have a firm foundation in your walk with God. I believe God is the foundation in your life. But let's be honest, we still struggle. Ephesians chapter 5 has something to say about that. Turn over there real quickly. Ephesians 5, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children... And walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be any hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Verse 8. For you were once darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of life consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes light. Verse 15. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, listen to this. 
Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, the moment that you gave your life to Christ, the moment you repented, surrendered, the moment you believed, the Holy Spirit not only came to indwell in you, but He imparted your spiritual life, causing you to be born again as a child of God, giving us life in that moment. You see, there's only one indwelling of the Holy Spirit. There's only one rebirth of the Holy Spirit. But feeling, but being filled with the Holy Spirit is an ongoing process. Ephesians chapter 5, 18, continually filled. It's, it's the understanding of the word we use called sanctification. Sanctification is, is, is really just the word that, that has an understanding. It's a continual process of becoming more and more like Christ. When you and I were, were saved by grace, we were reconciled. We were made right before God. But God continually wants to work on our behalf day after day after day after day. So when you and I struggle with life, when we struggle with situations, when we get bitterness in our lives, it's because you and I are not being continually filled by the Holy Spirit. Our lives are not reflecting Christ. So how do we be continually filled with the Holy Spirit? I love what John 15, 4 says. It says, abide in Christ. This word abide means to act in accordance with. Abide in Christ. So how do we collectively own the vision of the church? We abide in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32. Um, it, it uses the word, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now this word grieve, many of us have grieved a loss of a loved one or grieved a, a relationship or a situation. We, we understand what it means to to grieve someone or something. To grieve the Holy Spirit is to act out in a sinful manner, whether it is in thought only or in both thought or action. He says here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. That, that describes all of our lives, correct? All the time. I wish it did. I wish it did mine. According to their needs, that it may be benefit to those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I get to meet with a lot of people. Um, one of the things I love most about just being a pastor is just meeting with people, hearing people's stories. Maybe it might be with an individual or a couple. And I hear this word a lot that people will describe their life in this present time. That, and maybe you've said this and you've heard this, that I feel like I'm dying inside. You ever heard that before? Like I feel like I'm just, I feel like I'm just dying inside. 
I feel like my life has no purpose. I feel like I have no, I have no plan. I, I feel like there's, there's nothing in me that's motivating me to even do anything. And I love what Romans chapter 8, verse 13, it speaks to this. It says, for if you live according to me, it actually says flesh, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. If you and I live according to the flesh, we wonder why we can be a Christ follower and feel like we're dead inside and feel like we have no motivation to serve Jesus is because we are not continually being filled with the things of God in our lives. The world consumes us and overtakes us in such a way and, and destruction comes into our life. And the next thing we know, we are not reflecting Christ. We're reflecting the world back at the world. And Jesus says, no, no, you've been set apart. There should be a difference here. But what you're offering people outside the church, so to speak, looks no different than where they came from. Scripture goes on. Romans 8.13, but if, but if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, and you live. When, when, when I start living my life and understanding it's not about me, when, when, I, when I start allowing God to give me strength to put those things away, it's in that moment that I have purpose in my life. It's in that moment that the joy of salvation is, is coming up like a, like a water coming out of a well. That's what Jesus is talking about. Like a well of living water living inside of us. But so many times we're grieving the Holy Spirit and it's like we're just pushing. Man, just, just stay back in the back room and I'm going to do what I want to do. As God's Word says, the outflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. You want to know why we encourage you to get into God's Word? To not do life alone, to get involved with a community group, a small group Bible study. You want to know why we encourage you to serve others, to make prayer a priority in your life? Because this is what it looks like to be continually filled, to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to be held accountable by people who love and care for us, to help us go from infants in our walk with God to mature Christ followers. You see, this is what the Bible talks about, just the discipleship process. I've shared my heart about this. The discipleship process, sometimes we make it a pretty difficult thing. But here's the simple part of discipleship. That God says, I want you to go and I want you to make disciples. Here's what he's saying. Help each other become more like Christ. That's it. Help each other become more like Christ. So as we close, I want to ask you a question. How is the Holy Spirit's fullness and power 
evident in your life. Maybe this morning you say, man, I haven't really thought about the Holy Spirit in a really long time. Maybe this morning you're thinking like, what is this Holy Spirit thing? How is the Holy Spirit's fullness and power evident in your life? How do we collectively own the vision of the church? It's when we get serious about Christ. As we close, I just want to just share something that's been on my heart. Um, a little hesitant to, to share. I shared in the first service. Uh, I feel like God just kind of wanted me to share this. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you've been coming here for weeks, months, years. Maybe you were here on day one. And if you feel like if this church is holding you back from chasing after Christ, from fulfilling the call that God has laid on your heart, we, I want to help you find that place. See, here, here's what happens so many times. We miss many times as churches that it's more than just us. And it's about building God's kingdom. And there are so many other churches in town. And here's what I'm interpreting. Is he asking me to leave? No, I'm not asking you to leave at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is, if you feel like this church is being a hindrance to your walk with God, please, please find another church. My heart is that we would never be a stumbling block in your life or in your ministry or what is God is calling you or, or doing in your life. And I always pray, God, if I am that stumbling block, I pray that you would just please take me out because there's a severity in that as we come before a holy God. Maybe this morning, maybe you have... Um, got to the point where you're bitter towards the church. I, we, want to ask for your forgiveness if it is needed and help you get back to being passionately in love with Jesus. I get consumed by so many things so many good things that the church does. But even in my life, many times I forget it's about Jesus. And that, that's all that really matters. That's all that really matters. It's about Jesus Christ in our lives and Him being glorified it has nothing to do with me. And I get caught up in that so many times. We all get caught up in that so many times. Life is way too short to be unhappy and disgruntled, and angry. I'm going to close with this. John 10.10. Some of you might know this by heart. It says, The thief, Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. See, what happens many times in our lives as Christ followers, we have our foundation in Christ, 
and many of us are still infants in Christ, and we are not taking the time to be continually filled and growing in our walk with God. The Word says that you and I have an opportunity to give Satan a foothold in our lives. And what happens many times within the church, good people who even know God find themselves becoming a stumbling block and hindering the work of God. I'm not saying anybody in here, but if you feel, I'd love to just talk with you. If there's anything going on that is not about Christ, I don't want to talk with you. Because here's the thing. If you can't own the vision of the church, we either need to find another vision or it's become a stumbling block. You see where I'm going? And the vision of the church should be the things that God lays in our path. And I, and I know we're not all perfect and I know we're not here and we're not there and that whatever the situation is. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But it says, but I, Jesus, I came that you may have life and have it to the abundance. Let's pray together. God, I pray that you were glorified this morning. Pray that you were lifted up this morning, Father. God, I pray that you would use your word however you see fit, Father. God, I pray, Lord, that I will take seriously the vision of the church, God, and I pray, God, that it starts with you. Lord, I ask for forgiveness, Lord, and so many times it's, it's about so many other things. God, I pray that we could get back to the point of finding all that we are in you. I want to pray for those maybe this morning, Father, who are here. God, they've been, they've been hoping and maybe even praying for a firm foundation in their lives, God. I pray that you would just come and be near. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them, Father. God, I pray that you would do a good work, Lord. I, God, I pray, Lord, as you continue to work in and through the life of this church, Father God. I pray that you would give us guidance, that you would give us wisdom. God, I pray that the choices that are made, Father, Lord, it would bring you honor and glory. Father, we, we pray this in the precious and holy name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen.